Thanks for downloading the Nightcap Series 2, sponsored by Guzborn. More on them later when we grab ourselves a drink. And for the price of a cup of coffee a month, you can support the pod on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the nightcap, where we are giving away signed menus from Paul's Michelin star restaurant. As well as that, we've got an exclusive opportunity to come and have a meal at Salt before sitting in on a season three recording. That's patreon.com forward slash the nightcap. Hello and welcome to The Nightcap, life behind the Michelin star. This is a late night lock-in here where some of the best chefs in the country candidly discuss and debate all things culinary over a few drinks. Series two, and right now we are sat upstairs, as always, at Salt Restaurant in Stratford-upon-Avon, Shakespeare's home in the heart of Warwickshire. It's 10 o'clock at night, service is wrapping up downstairs. Let me introduce myself and what the hell we're all doing here. My name's Simon Alexander, I'm a podcaster, producer and daytime cooking show contestant. To my left, playing host, owner and Michelin head, star head chef of Salt, Mr. Paul Foster. How you doing? You all right? Yeah. And our guest today, earlier this year, picked up two awards at the Oscars of the industry, the Katie's, and holds a Michelin star for his restaurant, Paul Ainsworth, at number six in Padstow. It's, of course, Paul Ainsworth. How you doing, mate? How are you? Yeah, really good, thanks. Um, how was dinner, firstly, before we get the drinks on the go? Sensational. Did you have a good time? So, absolutely brilliant. First time to Salt, right? First time to Salt. Uh, I did try to get into Salt uh, when I was up doing Great British oh, Menu. Paul yeah. said this. Uh, you were literally outside me. the door. Yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I arrived on the I arrived on the Monday. I knew it was closed, so yeah. I was kind of having a look around, peering in. Oh, it's quite isn't it lovely in there. <laughs> Can't wait because obviously when you're up doing Great British Menu, there's not a lot else to do once you finish filming. Yeah, I was up here sure. on my own, but back before when it was in London, you know to be right next to a brilliant restaurant mm-hmm. we were staying at the townhouse fantastic yeah yeah and then he was like no I'm close for a week <laughs> yeah we, we had a week's holiday but, in October hang on a second yeah. <laughs> Stratford is responsible for an amazing thing right so I went to Nando's <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am mate. a fan of Nando's Did right you? I, I always that. and I always have like the like the whole chicken cause trying yeah, to be healthy yeah. no what carbs. is your Nando's What's your, is it oh, the same every time no no no. Stratford changed it. Oh, oh did it? wow, okay. Changed the game. Yeah. Changed the game. Go on, then. Fino Pitta. It's next level. Is it? It is next level. Wow. So it's a pitta, uh, char-grilled um, halloumi, yeah. caramelised red onion chutney, and roast chicken thighs. That it's sounds next immense. Level. It's that next level. And, and now it's my go-to Nando's, and it all happened here in this beautiful town. <laughs> wow, I love that. And I went, I went every night and had Fido Pitta. So, <laughs> so many people are thankful for William Shakespeare. I know, Shakespeare ain't got nothing Nando's. on Nando's. Fido pastry, that is just beautiful. Just the, the kind of down-to-earth guy I am, man of the people. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah, so you had, a, you had a nice meal tonight. What was the standout yes. moments for you? Just unbelievable, you know, I'm a big fan of Paul's, you know, like I kind of remember Paul, you know, busting onto the scene with, you know, Tubman Mill and, you know, to see him like now have his own place and, you know, the cooking tonight was just poised, it was light, it was beautiful, everything was well considered, like just, it was just delicious, every course was thought about and, you know, I know Paul's been you know, work for, you know, the greats like, you know, Sat Baines and, you know, tasting menu isn't my thing. It's not what I do. You know, mm-hmm. I, I cook a la carte style and sort of very seldom myself and Emma, when you go out, sometimes it can be quite overwhelming. You get a bit, you know, uncomfortable, but everything was just nice and quick and sharp and it didn't give your sort of brain time to think that you're getting full. Mm. And it was just 
amazing. That is really sensational. Love Love that. That is high praise. Okay, well, uh, coming up on today's show, we're going to be talking a little bit about the aforementioned Katie's, which was just a few weeks ago. We'll be also chatting about catering for vegan and vegetarian diets in Michelin-style restaurants. We'll touch on Great British Menu and the famous dessert that catapulted Paul into the public's eye. We'll be doing Boiling Point, where our two chefs tell the real heat of the kitchen and to finish some home cooking hacks and myths to take away. But this is a nightcap. We are delighted to have Gusborns on board. They are paired with us for Series 2 of the nightcap and they've kindly sent us a range of wine from their world-class estate down in Kent and we're opening a different bottle every episode. So what have we got tonight, Paul? I've got a perfect drink to celebrate the caters so not only did Paul get two I got one as well <laughs> three at the table that's yeah. pretty awesome yeah. the treble <laughs> and no it was a great it was a great moment I've wanted one of them since I was about 18 when I first heard of them um, and it's a beautiful trophy isn't it I was showing you it earlier yeah. weren't I and um, we were nominated I didn't ask to see it just got it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We had a meeting earlier. I said, let's go left, not right. Yeah. Hobbies and Maya. Um, I forgot where I was now. Um, yeah, I I was in with some great restaurants for Newcomer of the Year. Yeah, Margot in London, which, you know, they've put millions into that business. Yeah. And then um, Michael Keynes as well. I looked up to Michael Keynes since I was, when I was a commie chef. And then you're in the same category as him. So I never thought we were going to win. And Paul was sat with Tom carried about two tables away weren't you with Emma and I was just like I just remember jumping on the stage and just like yeah I was buzzing oh man the only guy at the Katie's you know like Emma takes the mick out of me I'm in black black suit got these pair of shoes that are kind of thing you know the late Bruce Forsyth would have worn (laughs) sure uh, shiny see you facing them Adidas trainers trainers classic Paul Adidas trainers you know like they were black and white they matched they were black and white but like you know changing up and every chest thinking Wish I had the bollocks to do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Or I was lazy enough to yeah. adore yeah. That is classic. That, that's where it's at, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine looked like I could go into town. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Slid across the stage yeah. to do your speech. Yeah. yeah. So um, we've got, yeah, the perfect drink for tonight to celebrate. Uh, English wine, Gusborne, Blanc de Blanc, 2013. Um, so it's like, it's as good as any good champagne for me. Yeah, so an English champagne, loads of people won't have, I mean, lots, English sparkling wine's been a thing for a long time, but yeah. champagne, we are not synonymous for making champagne, are we? So no, this is quite a big deal, actually, that this yeah, is on I the mean, scene, this, is, this kind of I mean, have stuff. you tried this before? No, I've not, but I, I think that this is where we are really like, leading the way. Yeah. Um, so there's a few kind of like English wines that I think, you know, that are okay, they're nice, but sparkling, I think we're, we're brilliant at yeah but um you know i just think that we do sparkling brilliantly yeah, and there's yeah. some incredible sort of incredible producers and yeah awesome. i mean how good is that beautiful i'm gonna try a bit of this yeah it's pure chardonnay blanc de blanc so i mean that's what we're good at with the weather down on the kent coast good chardonnay pinot noir as well oh man those sort of things yeah so no it's lovely that is beautiful well let's go back to the katie's then so um, for those that don't know, it is like the Oscars of the industry. So people in the industry, as soon as you say oh, I've been nominated for a Katie, it's like, oh my god, that is insane. But for those that haven't heard, you know, what is the prestige around the Katie's? Where did it, you know, originate? Who was winning the awards back in the day that well, I think, got you guys excited? Yeah, I think it kind of probably goes back for me in remembering. I was born in, you know, a hospitality. My mum and dad had a small bed and breakfast that they grew to a ten-bedroom B and B you know, really sort of ahead of its time. And I remember my dad buying like the hotel and caterer. Mm. And then obviously growing up in that environment, you didn't, you know, I 
I didn't realise how important that was for me later on in life. So for me, it starts with the host, you know, the sort of caterer magazine, that, yeah. that and especially like the really old fashioned ones. Yeah. And then, yeah, like Paul says, probably when you're about sort of between the ages of 16 and 17, you kind of like know about the Katie's. And certainly within our industry, it's super, super famous, you know, that, you know, you know to win a Katie, the people that have won, you know, those Katie's from Marco Pierre White, Gordon Ramsay, you know, the absolute, you know, great Pierre Kaufman. And you, you start to, you know, you start to kind of like, when you start to go there, first of all, being invited is, is, yeah. is, is, is a great mm. thing. It was my um, first time. I'd never been before. And you not? No, no. no yeah. we, first time, won one. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm 100%. I'm like my sixth time. So like, I'm, I'm, I'm not good, got a good track record as Paul. But we, we, we got in with, you know, with Tom and Beth. Tom Kerridge um, said, look, you know, I can, I can get you in. Do you want to come with us? Yeah, of course we do, you know. And you go there and just being in this dazzling, beautiful ballroom, everyone's suited and booted. I mean, it's a proper, like, award ceremony. Yeah. Normally, you know, a sort of a, a famous face will then kind of do all the compare. And the whole thing is very, very, uh, like, beautifully organised. Does that mean you guys are, even though it's flattering to be nominated and everyone says that, are you guys nervous when you turn up and you see the who's who of the industry and it is, a, like, this gala event? Are you nervous on the night? Yeah. 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 It's, I mean, it's not like, you know, where you are nervous, you're in, like, nerves is, like, like, now how Michelin is done, you know, when you go to, when you're, you know, you go to London every chef you know every chef in that room you know people you know really really well are like you're just kind of a bit different on that day because it's like it's it's, it's Michelin you know you're and you're you know you're waiting to kind of you know see who's like all the new Michelin starred restaurants with the Katie's it is slightly it's slightly more relaxed but it is a yeah it's the it's the who's who of the industry but it's not just our industry that me and Paul are in it's every sector of catering yeah so every sector of catering is there like you know so you're kind of people that might not have even really heard of like what we do in our industry you know because it's just it covers all sectors but i mean yeah that night was special so you picked up the the chef award and the restaurateur of the year award so what you know what was the restaurateur of the year what does that mean to you to get that specific award firstly the restaurateur of the you know what does that one mean well that was the one that come first and yeah. that was the one that like you could have you could have just knocked me down with a feather <laughs> really? uh, and oh, I was I, I was on me and Tom Carriage were on the same table um, you know pretty much everyone knows in the industry you know me and Tom are like best mates you know we've known each other a long long time you know over 20 years yeah. and like I like Tom, Tom was funny. So we're so like the, Rachel, the, the the girl from Countdown, Rachel, 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 Rachel Riley, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So she no, she, she starts to she starts to kind of tell tell the story, and there was this one magic word that like so up for this for a restaurateur was Tom Kitchen, Tom Carriage, and me. Yeah, right. Wow, and, pretty elite club there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Tom Carriage, obviously, you know, like you know, man at the moment, opening, you know, opened lots of you know, great restaurants, doing what Tom's doing, you know, and, you know, he's got lots of kind of amazing businesses. Tom Kitchen, the same. Yeah. Um, doing doing his thing, you know, in Edinburgh and on the outskirts and stuff. And even though me and Emma have quickly grown the business over the last year uh, with the pub, um, 
but yeah I just I didn't even because I wouldn't why would I I was just yeah. like no the one I thought I might have a shot at was Chef because I was nominated last year mm-hmm. so she's saying this story and she's like you know from humble beginnings and this guy has kind of you know you know done this and done that and not giving anything away and she said and you know and then he's kind of gone you know to a seaside town and the whole room just went ooh (laughs) Tom looked at me like like that like like, and and then he leaned into me and he was like I didn't know Tom Kitchen um, had had a restaurant by the seaside (laughs) (laughs) if if, if I hear like that and I'm thinking and I'm still kind of thinking and I'm actually thinking Tom must have a restaurant by the seaside. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't just, know about it. Yeah. Like, is the Bonnie Badger by the seaside? I don't, I, I, I don't know. And then, then called, then, yeah, my name was called and it like blew me away. So I thought, okay, fantastic. It's not the one I thought I might have a shot at. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, and then Chef of the Year, again, you know, James Nappett, Tom Kitchen again, you know, in that, Nathan Outlaw, you know, Lisa Allen, you mm-hmm. know, Lisa did the cooking on the night. So again, amazing kind of names and stuff. And um, yeah, two was just... What an achievement. But mate. I've got to say, we, so you go upstairs, you have your picture taken. Yeah. And then I went up there with the second one, but I had, I'd left the other one on the table. Oh, no. And they were like, no, no, we want you with both. both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bookends. Yeah, so yeah. I'm like, okay, no worries. So I go back down and get, get to it. And I got a bit... Like, you know, like on the in-betweeners where they said, like, I felt like a Katie Wanker. Because <laughs> <laughs> I am literally, like, both. I'm literally yeah. holding both. And Can't walk, shake your hand, mate. Like, my hands are full of walking, trophies. I'm Sorry. in between all the tables. Big round. There's 1,200 people in this room. <laughs> yeah. Over 1,200 people. And I'm like, sorry, excuse me. And I've got two, and it's just like, all right, mate. You know, like, nice one. Yeah, look at you. Yeah, yeah. Look at you with your two Katies. Like, Katie Wanker. Oh, that <laughs> is absolutely <laughs> awesome. And I did, because I, like, and I just was, yeah, because it was still even now I like you know I said to Emily the other day I was like did that actually happen because it's a bit like you know like Paul you know me and Emma have been going to those awards for you know the last sort of six years and you know we just used to watch you know the greats go up there and and, you know just in admiration of those Mm -hmm. then after a while you think oh you know maybe you know we could kind of like hopefully one day we'll be recognised for like what we're doing in our little corner of you know, yeah, yeah. The, you know, of, of the UK and stuff, and yeah, and it, and that night it was it was recognised, and they're special, you know, like Pauls, because that you're you're obviously this is voted by the people in the industry. Oh yeah, that and means actually, a lot when it's people who know, know what they're really peers. talking and in about. The magazine, so you'll see they'll show you the panel of judges oh, for, for for your award, mm. and you think that like little did you know that whatever you were doing right at that moment. There was like the, the 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 absolute great and the good all sat around a table discussing yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. is such an odd feeling, isn't discussing it? Discussing yeah. you and saying, well, why, you know, why, why should he debating it? Yeah, debating yeah. it and yeah. stuff. And and then you think, well, they, you know, they came to this decision that you know you it should be you. That's that's cool. That is awesome. How did you feel, mate? First time there Mega, and yeah. to go straight up on stage. It must be a bit overwhelming. It's mad because like at first I didn't even know I was nominated. My mate texts me and said, oh, "Congrats on the Katie nominee." I was like, what? what? what <laughs> and then I got an email and then it was on Twitter. I don't know how we had seen it first. 
And then um, we don't get the internet up in here in the countryside. It takes a <laughs> no, long time to get yeah, to us. Was news, that mate yeah. Simon Holston by any chance? <laughs> that wasn't Simon. No, oh, it normally is. Simon, he like he sees everything for us. He knows he? everything. Yeah, oh, he's, he's, like he's little, on it. He is the gossip queen of oh, the industry. So, so, yeah. so Simon, Simon rang me and Emma at seven o'clock in the morning and said, "I think you've won a Michelin star." Are you joking? Yep. What? And that was uh, that was it was Simon. Was it? And, and, it, I, I, and I like and you answered, and that was when don't you, you did. because me and Simon we know each other we're mates and but we don't see each other on a regular basis and you know like you're like this, this must be serious. Simon yeah. Austin's ringing, it, ringing me at seven o'clock. She said, "Well, you better answer it because like, why would he be ringing you at seven o'clock in the morning?" And we the, the year we won the star was the was when the Michelin Guide. They released two lots in one year, so it was when they changed from January to October. Uh, yeah, I remember. So they released yeah. in January, oh. and then they released in October. Eight months later, but it got leaked early, and it was September the twenty seventh, seven o'clock in the morning. Simon Holston rings <laughs> and says, "I think you want a star," yeah. and I'm like, "What? Fuck it, what?" <laughs> and he's like, "He's like, he went, yeah, he went. The guides, the guide's been like leaked online, and I think that you." <laughs> Uh, it's your name's on there. Yeah. Did, did part of you think, because Simon Olsen is such a wind-up, did you think he's having me <laughs> yeah. on? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's got all but, his stuff coming yeah, around. Yeah, yeah. And, I'm like, and I'm like, this is the sickest thing that could ever happen <laughs> yeah. to, 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 you know, especially to, you know, for us, because it's something that we had always dreamt of, always kind of in our hearts, like wanted. Yeah. So then I, uh, I, I, ring, I ring Tom up and Tom's like, Tom's like, well, mate, I, I don't know what to say. Like he was, I, he was like, have you had a look online? And I said, yeah, I've gone online. It is there, but it's, it's just weird. Well, how do you know? So Tom then sent me the number of like HQ, like oh, the, yeah. the, the landline number. He said, wait till nine o'clock. And then, uh, yeah, we rang at nine o'clock and it's like this, the, the, it's like the most incredible, like just, amazing gentleman was there to answer the phone and it was really? like good morning you know Michelin you know you know, good morning Michelin publications <laughs> were you like is that Simon Alston again yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah. he's tapped, dialed he's tapped our lines yeah. <laughs> and uh, by now me and we're in the lounge at our house I've not gone into work yet because I can't I cannot focus on no, anything no, in life it's too right much now. Yeah, it's too yeah, much yeah. All like, I'm like the, we, this could be so um, so he was like he was like yes good morning young man and I said, uh, and I said, oh, my name's Paul Ainsworth. I'm calling from a restaurant in Pasco <laughs> called Number Six. And um, like, it, yeah, it just it says online that like you know we've you know we've won a won a Michelin star. And he just went silent. And he went, well, young man, he says, uh, what the if it's uh, if it's there in black and white, then uh, well, I'd take that as you've won one. And like Emma just burst into tears. Oh, yeah. no way. Like even telling you now, like the hairs <laughs> oh, on my head, like, just, just goose pimple and like goose pimples. And then at twelve o'clock midday, it was confirmed. And I just like that day was like like people like Rene Rizepi, who I've never met in my life, was sent sent me a message to say congratulations. David Everett Mateus, who I've never met, mm. you know, like you know, like up at that point yeah, I yeah. met him. He got my number through Johnny the Fish and like, you know, he, he rang me up and was like, you know, that is amazing. like congratulations. And it's like as you know, that moment, but yeah, it all started with Simon, Simon Austin. Austin. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I love like, it. It sort of makes sense. How did he know? Like, like what, it was seven o'clock in the morning. What's he doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was just behind the leak. I bet he was. Yeah, all definitely. Of the, all of the, so, you know, from the Katie's to that, to the Michelin star and stuff, all these accolades are amazing. Paul said in the past on the podcast that you never set out to necessarily achieve them. They're just like a really amazing byproduct of your pre-existing thing but is there almost a sense of relief when you get it because it's like oh wow 
there's the payback, there's the moment of like accreditation from people in the industry that know what they're talking about. Is it almost a sense of relief when it comes? In, in some way, I don't think relief's the right word. Like it's, uh, I've, I've done that and nobody can ever take that away from me, even if you lose it after the first year. <laughs> like that ultimate thing you've wanted to achieve, no one can ever take it back from you. So it's relief in that respect, but then you just want to push on further, don't you? And keep yeah. it and, you know, keep making your customers happy and, keep creating a amazing restaurant because like when we got the star obviously the restaurant's nowhere near where i want it to be so there's still so much more to do so i see so much more potential yeah, it doesn't stop the the journey no sort of, no uh, it doesn't you don't think right i've made it now at all we just think right well my furniture's still shit i still need to change that <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. we're still gonna boost this cookery school upstairs. we've got a polyfill that leak in the toilet yeah, yeah, yeah the staff toilet light don't work and you know the amount yeah i was like a few days after, I was taking toilets apart on YouTube tutorials. Like, <laughs> so it brings you back, that's down, back to down to earth. Yeah. That is, yeah, yeah. But then I think that that's really interesting, isn't it? What like what Paul says there, because I think that really reaffirms exactly what the guide is about, and it's about the food. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And I think a lot. Of, I think there's always kind of quite a big debate on that. And you know, every time you know we've we've ever had an inspection, it's been announced. It's always you know it's 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 been the same message for. The last, you know, 14 years in November that we've been in business, you know, down in Padstow. And over the years, you know, you've kind of, when they announce and sit you down, it's always the same message. And it's kind of, and I think that that is, is really true that, yeah, do you know what? It's not, it's not about the toilets and, because there's this mm. thing, isn't there? Some of the films like Burn. Yeah, know, I was like, about to, I was thinking like, of that as they, you said they, it, yeah. they, they give you this idea that the, that mission inspectors kind of like, they're looking at what toilet paper you yeah, use. Yeah, if they pick and, up a yeah. fork on the floor. And if you, yeah, yeah, and if you put a fork on the floor and that, and, yeah. and you know, who, who knows, but from what I, from what I've always gathered, it, it is, it is, it is about the food and it is about being consistent. Yeah. Um, about that at the end yeah, of the day yeah. it's as simple as that I think yeah. really, isn't it um, lastly on the Katie's acceptance speeches did you have stuff prepared just in case you don't, or did you, you just restart it no oh, they didn't. oh it's the best yeah, yeah. no speeches oh no that's the best bit Thank I want the spe- as, as a yeah. punter I want the emotional I want to thank my yeah, mum mine would have been a mess I'd had a lot of wine yeah <laughs> a lot of wine yeah it's like well it's not free because you pay for a ticket but yeah, it was there, so it's kind of free. So yeah, I was just yeah, going, just going night, for it. it. I was on my own he as well. So cool, he looked like he was, he looked like madness. He looked, <laughs> he looked like he was about to more break into song than a speech. <laughs> was there a big was there a big after party or like a thing you go to? Uh, after? There, 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 there was. I think. I, do you know as rock and roll as I got? Like, go on. We got to the bar and um, they all bought like a bottle of champagne. Me and Paul mm. are like together and that. And um, Tom's like, you got a port because it's basically this really elegant woman, and she's kind of like arched, holding a scallop shell. Yes, like yeah. that. It's a lovely award. It's yeah, gorgeous. Yeah. And um, Tom's like, you got to pour champagne into the shell and drink champagne. From the <laughs> shell. That's as rock and roll as I got. <laughs> nice. yeah. That's pretty rock and roll. To yeah, be fair. it's yeah. in the trophy. That yeah. is pretty good. Yeah, and me and to- Tom's Tom's got a new program out, and he's like, oh, you know, try out this app. It's called Lose It. You know, it's like so. Tom's next program is about counting calories yeah. and it's an NHS diet. Oh, so right. So it's something that the NHS recommend and sort of Tom's like, oh, that sounds good. Yeah, I'll go on that. So, <laughs> so we got back to his house and on it, we had some Snacker Jacks. <laughs> really? <laughs> Caramel Snacker Jack and a cup of tea. <laughs> 
<laughs> chefs, thought, yeah, chefs have changed. Yeah. Chefs have changed. Like they're all, yeah, we're all like marathon runners and yeah. keeping fit and losing weight. And, like, yeah. <laughs> so happened? we went. Yeah, what happened? Yeah, we went you, back and you, had a, Tom Carriage, two Katies and a packet of Stafford Jack. <laughs> <laughs> it's just unbelievable. And what I said because we would already. I said you haven't got the salt and vinegar ones, have you? <laughs> 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 oh, I'm pushing the boat out now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is amazing. What a beautiful image. They're delicious with cottage cheese. Are they? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you work for it. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, okay, let's move on to uh, to one of our first subjects then. And this is all about. Well, we were talking about this earlier about. Uh, cooking for vegan and vegetarian diets. We've spoken on the podcast about um, dietary requirements in general, but with vegan food, vegetarian food, a lot of really opinionated chefs out there that have various views on it about whether they even accept vegans into their restaurant. Firstly, what is your sort of opinion on cooking vegan food in a Michelin-style restaurant? Um, do, you, do you do it? Yes, yeah, you do. we do it. Yeah, I need, I'm very strict that we have 24 hours notice because we're never ready for it. Why do, you need, why do you need that? Because everything you do, you know, the amount of work that goes into what we do, it's all about the prep, the mise en place. And, and things are already got, you know, dairy in or butter in or something. So, you know, when you, you have somebody coming in, want an eight-course taster menu, if they had a dairy intolerance, we'd need to know in advance. Not for us. It's more so they have the same experience as everybody else. Yeah, and that's tough to achieve, right, for you guys it. to give them the same experience. Isn't well, it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, it's never going to be... In my opinion, a vegan eight-course taster menu is never going to be as good, but you can still make it very nice based on what they normally eat. And yeah. every vegan we've had here has loved it. Yeah. But if, if yeah, we need that 24 hours notice because we need to make sure they have the best experience we can. If we're trying to blag it in 20 minutes, yeah. it's going to be crap. It's not going to be good enough. We've got three chefs in the team, a tiny kitchen, and generally a full restaurant. I haven't got time to be changing everything or making new things yeah you need that um, notice and it's not like we could just knock up it's not a brasserie we could just knock up a salad it's you know generally five or eight courses that mm -hmm. people are eating so you know, we've had a lot of vegans come in well not a lot a lot in terms of how many we do um just expect one straight away and i'll just i'll just refuse and they, what do they, they end do up then? eating vegetarian menu what well, the option is they eat vegetarian menu or they leave in the pay cancellation fee. Oh, so like, dilemma. That's you know, interesting. Just, so they stay and have vegetarian food and they go against yeah, their Yeah, it's like, we've been as clear as we can about it. You know, they've, they've come in, they're going to have a taster menu. Oh, I'm vegan. I'm sorry, there's not much we can do for you. That dish is adaptable, that is, but we can't do anything else. Yeah. You can have the, ve the vegetarian and every single one has gone vegetarian. That is fascinating in yeah. itself, isn't it? It, it is, yeah. But we're never going to get strict really strict vegans here because of what we do yeah we're all about you people know, can know they know what's going very on very animal heavy with our, our food so a lot of vegans we get it's a lot of health food vegans healthy diets and things like that or vegans yes that, it's more a lifestyle choice right like because it's a yeah fun thing to do or a trendy thing to do or yeah exactly i've got vegans in my family that like, they don't like to sit at the same table as someone eating meat Wow, so those kind of vegans okay. are never going to come, and that's fine. That's our market. It's not our market, mm. um, but you know, vegan is something that is growing. I don't think it's something that we personally. I don't think it's something that we have to take that much notice of as a small thirty-two seater restaurant. Um, it's not our market. Yeah, you know, it's like it's less than one percent of the country, 
and it's like 0.05% of our custom. Really? That's so, so small, yeah. Yeah, it, just, it doesn't make a it doesn't difference. doesn't warrant the amount of attention. We're not like, yeah. God, vegans on the up, we need to attract vegans. It's it's just not our market, really. Yeah, I think and from the outside, a lot of people think that, though, because it is so, people know more about veganism. They yeah. know more people who are vegan. They'd assume that the restaurants would have to go, God, we better make sure we do I this. I think mainstream really have to. Yeah, because, you know, like things like your McDonald's and things, they've really got to start thinking about it because they're trying to be something for everyone and yeah. they want every bit of business. But for us, yeah, we've, you know, we, we've got a niche. We're, we're small. And 85% of vegans turn back anyway. Do they? Yeah, 85%. 85%? Of, did you know that? 85% of people who turn vegan turn wow. back. Do you have a similar I, policy at your place? Yeah, well, Paul's got good stats there. I think, like, you know, to put it, you know, like more layman's terms it's a bit like an American Express card isn't it or an Arga like yeah. generally if you've got an Arga you've got another stove got, a, pro- yeah. a proper stove yeah if you pull out an American Express card and they say we don't take American Express card you've got another credit card yeah and that's a great analogy vegans were like how I remember veganism it was it was someone that was strictly vegan and it really was about the health and yeah. it really was that they had to have that diet yeah yeah it's now grown into this huge kind of like thing that it is. But actually, when you listen to the stats from Paul, it's not as big as it's what you think trend, it is. No. It's more of a trend. Yeah, yeah. And the problem, you know, with it is, it's like, you know, you know, I was with it was the other day I was chatting to this girl and stuff and she was like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm vegan. But she was going to a festival and she was like, but I can't go to a festival and not have like the hot dogs and, <laughs> and, like, and like the fairground. That's a flexitarian. The, the, the fairground burgers and stuff like that. And she was like, but now I'm vegan, you know, now, like now I'm sort of vegan and stuff. And that's cool. You know, everyone should be able to kind of dip in and out. In our game, like we, we try to be flexible um, for it. Of course we do. And, do you have a 24 hour thing like Paul does? No, because we, oh, okay. we, so we have, we have a vegan menu, but it's only a set menu. So it's only, and because we are like, because we're a la carte, we've obviously got oh, of course, more does, yeah. mise en place yeah. available to us mm-hmm. as opposed to like, yeah, like Paul's kind of, Paul's a tasting menu. So like that is set. So, you know, to, to then all of a sudden someone turn up and say I'm vegan, well, you've got the set mise en place. Whereas for us, we can kind of have that mise en place there from other dishes. Mm. So, the way I see it is, you know, we, we, we're a business and, you know, we want to try and cater for everyone and we don't want to kind of say, well, no, you're not welcome. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, I think sometimes people just do need to sometimes spare a thought that like, you know, if it is a restaurant, you know, I'm not going to make any bones about it. We, I love to embrace Every, you know, I love to embrace, especially mm-hmm. the meat that is available in Cornwall. Like you've got, mm. you know, we're in Padstow. You know, people come to Padstow. Rick Stein doing an you know incredible job with the fish, and we have we have fish dishes on, but we are predominantly meat. Yeah. So I like want to celebrate everything that's incredible about meat in Cornwall, and we do have incredible meat. We have a mild climate. They're grass fed all year round, so we've got awesome lamb, duck, chickens, uh, in, the the most incredible beef. Yeah, so, so it I want to sort that. of celebrate. Yeah. yeah, I want to centre around that. But then it's but then I don't want to just say, well, this is what I do. Piss off. Yeah, of like course. you know because it's, you're a, it's you too know, arrogant. Yeah, yeah, you're mm. a vegan and and vegetarian food. Like I love vegetarian food. Like I if if I had to be vegetarian, I wouldn't have a problem with that. I could kind of because I think you can you can extract those kind of really nice meaty flavours that you crave in meat through other things in vegetables, by the way. You cook them, cheese, yeah, like yeah, all of 100%. that. Vegan, no, I couldn't be. There's no there is like, uh, 
yeah. there's a level of difficulty with which it just has to stop. Yeah, so, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, whilst we, you know, whilst we kind of um, will cater for vegans, um, of course, you know, because like I say, um, you know, I'm in a seaside town. And, you know, if someone comes in or they're part of the party or anything like that, you know, we, we there is a season attached to Padstow. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, for, for me, I try to be as commercial as I can. I can't be everything to everyone. Yeah. But mm. I, I, I accept that now veganism is, it's not something that, you, you know, you can ignore. I remember as a young chef coming in. I, for quite a long time I was like so, so what's a vegan then yeah, really, what does it mean yeah. like, I under, fully understood what a vegetarian was <laughs> yeah. a pescatarian and that was kind of like normal yeah, sure, but like, yeah. I was like so what's a vegan then and it was generally <laughs> yeah, literally I someone I just remember it being someone that really had like a real type of allergies and uh, oh, okay and just had to eat like that rather than a choice yeah yeah Ra- you know rather you know rather than a choice and stuff so yeah, that's kind of where I stand on it, really. You know, we, of course, we cater, you know, cater, you know, for vegans, but, you know. But it has its limitations. It has its limitations. With yeah. Ve- with vegetarian food, though, I mean, a lot of your, I've eaten here, obviously, several times, and there's quite a few dishes that are basically the veg is the star of the plate. And for any foodies at home watching TV shows, your master chefs, etc., they often dedicate rounds now, these days, to just vegetarian plates of food. So is that to do with, is that a pressure on, like, sustainability? Because it's more sustainable to be eating veg and that we should eat more veg? Or, you know, where's that sort of, that seems to have come on a bit, in my mind, yeah, over the is. last few years. For me, personally, it's about, like, because we are so tasty menu heavy, I don't just want protein on every plate. I like to, you know, vegetables are great in this country, as is, you know, the meat and fish. So I, I like to celebrate that as well. And I, don't, I just don't want the menu being so heavy. So lightness is a touch of vegetable, vegetable dishes in the middle of that taster menu. Mm. It's something I learned from, from Sat when I worked with him. Just those little touch at first, I didn't understand it because I thought the way I'd been trained, it had to be scallop foie gras and, you know, lobster, then beef and things. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be that. It can just be a beautiful carrot. Like our most popular dish is a carrot oh, and chicken fat. Dish, yeah. And that dish is very easy to adapt using the same mise en place to make it vegetarian. And we put like caramelized yeast through it and stuff. So you still get that flavor. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just like that balance and that it throws people, especially around here as well. Mm. Yeah, we had some older people in last week and they looked at the menu and they were a little bit a little bit anxious and we want they were were used to that sort of old way you know foie or truffle everything everything like that and um, they were surprised in the end they were like that was beautiful it was nice I never thought I'd enjoy a a dish just just with vegetables or a salad almost yeah I get yeah. how that old school th- thinking yeah. though would creep in you know I'm di- oh, come in here I'm going to spend a lot of money I'm going to where's my truffle and it's yeah where's ca- my indulgence and yeah. stuff yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. you know that's what that's what we're doing we're extracting the flavour out of everything we get you know the same as the way Paul gets you treat every, everything with the same respect don't you yeah and you. whether it's a carrot or a scallop you, you're extracting it making the best you can yeah so you don't you don't sort of discriminate against any ingredients do you it's like if we're going to serve it it's got to stand up to everything else yeah yeah Love it. makes yeah. sense okay we're going to move on to trip advisor reviews and uh boiling point in a second but i just really quickly wanted to talk to you about great british menu and that famous dessert that sort of um uh, is it all the taste of the fair yeah. is that what it was called yeah well, it was called so back then in 2011 it was called uh, a trip to the fairgrounds that's it yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then it's uh, so it ran it ran on the menu for four years and then we took it off the menu in 2017 when we did like the biggest refurbishment we've ever done on number six mm-hmm. and um, and I thought like, we're not going to come back with it we're we'll take it off and we'll just kind of 
just reinvent it. Yeah. And I thought that process would take maximum six months. It took two years. Really? Um, and wow. So that, that whole thing was taken off for two years. And yeah. You reinvented it and famously it was on MasterChef when yeah. you brought it back in. Yeah. Did that just, was that a happy coincidence that happened with MasterChef? Or were you like, actually, there's a really it was, good opportunity it was a to... Forced, it was a forced coincidence. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, it was kind of like MasterChef wanted to film at number six. I think like that's probably the greatest platform that you can show like the you know the the British public and further afield like so we've had loads of Australian customers no come way. over wow. you know from that and that's mad, isn't it? yeah you know and I, I remember you know remember like when Mate, you know, get on MasterChef what are you doing with all this <laughs> yeah <it's, laughs> stop doing this podcast <laughs> it's, it is it is phenomenal so we we done we done one show with them where we filmed in London uh, me and my um, you know my right hand man John Walton we filmed at the American Embassy. So Trump was about to come into power, Obama was coming out, and it was the it was the ambassador in British Embassy in Regent's Park, it's kind of final time. Mm-hmm. So we and that was brilliant. That brought loads of business, kind of because it's you know Master Chef and Great British Bake Off are like you, you big big shows, right? Yeah. You know, because obviously most big reach on them, haven't they? Yeah. yeah mo- most cooking shows now are kind of you know probably you know, lucky to kind of hit those kind of million viewers, whereas like Great British Bake Off, MasterChef, they hit millions because they're kind of more like entertainment shows. Yes, yeah. And um, so, yeah, you kind of like, when you do that and if, you know, do a good job and, you know, represent yourself well, it's really, really good for business and it was brilliant for us. And then they were like, look, we want to come and film in the kitchen with the final final six. So Free went to Michael Caine's Mm -hmm. and Free came to us. So I said to John, I was like, we were probably about, we were probably about three or four months away from, from getting it ready. Yeah. And I said to John, like, like, we need to get this ready for MasterChef. This would be an amazing opportunity to kind of really like showcase the fairground, but also as well, I just think for the viewers. Yeah. And it was actually, it was actually a Satbane chef. It was, was I remember. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, what? I mean, talk about putting him through his paces, a souffle. The carousel and then the monkey bread. So yeah. <laughs> because sometimes as well, like I always think sometimes, you know, you've got, you know, they divide it up and you put one lad who's absolutely, you know, up against it on the fish section. <laughs> one goes like on the meat section and then you get one that's kind of just plain in a cold dessert. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, you know, like at least this will be pretty even. In fact, I don't think ever you ever watch it where actually the guy on the page. So, no, that's a really good he point. He was the one that was, yeah, the was, the one that yeah. was absolutely busting it, yeah. like trying to get it out. And, and he's got that added pressure of doing something that's very famous and synonymous with you and that restaurant. Yeah. And, again. and we let him know that like, you're the first ever chef to serve this to the, to, you know, to the public. Yeah. So um, you so can yeah. see his face on camera. Just going, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll yeah. give it a go. And, and, and a souffle as well. And you know, even if we just gave him a souffle, that'd be enough. Yeah. You know, because a souffle is a hard one to, you know, hard one to do. So, so the idea was was the original dessert was a cart, and all the desserts were on there. And not, the, the second, like you know, the second reincarnation of it was a fairground tale because now it's become a tale, mm. and it was about sort of telling the journey of. It was actually about trying to tell the story of the original one better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the way that we did that, the original one was always based upon upon the fact of me growing up in Southampton. Every year, hot air balloon show would come over Southampton. The most amazing hot air balloons. Even back then, I remember like the Michelin Man, a big Foster's can, like, you know, like, <laughs> all going across Southampton. You know, like like everything. Uni Park, 
you name it, it was it was amazing. And you'd wake up in the morning, young lady, you'd rip the curtains out, and literally where we live, the sky was filled with all these incredible hot air balloons. So that would happen, and then the same day, my dad would take me to the fair, and it'd just literally be like Father Son Day out, going to the fair, yeah. going on all the rides, and then it, you know, eating loads of like eating loads of sweet treats, and going home at the end of the day. And now the fairground tells that story better because we serve it in free sittings. Yeah. So as a as the guest, it's like this gift that keeps oh, giving. Oh, that's so cool. Mm. So Exciting, first of all, the coconut souffle comes. So it's a coconut souffle, which represents the coconut shy. That's like, you know, one of the first things we do when we got there. And you share the souffle. It's got a beautiful little tart that's filled with like, basically like a pineapple salsa, like aerated lime curd on top and like um, dried coconut, fresh coconut that we dry. Then you sort of share the souffle, but the souffle, you know, I've got to say, we worked a long, long time on the souffle. And the great thing about the souffle is a great thing of where this industry's at in terms of like a lot of people, you know, really helped, you know, um, especially like a guy from, um, you know, Carriages Bar and Grill, um, amazing patient, Adam. Oh, yeah. Um, and he like really sort of helped us kind oh, of. Oh, really? Because coconut's not an easy souffle to sure, do yeah, because yeah. of the fat. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we got the we got the, the souffle mastered and we pour this kind of like chilled cocoa canoe custard into the middle of it. And oh, it's man. like, for me, it's like the most, you know, that, that classic French dessert, Il Flottine. It's mm. like that, but it's just so tasty. Mm. And then while that's happening, rather than us clearing it, we set a timer for three minutes. So in pastry, that's a busy section. So that wow. timer goes for three minutes. Then, and if you've got multiple desserts, you've got more t- loads yeah, of timers and then lots going of checks off. Yeah, lots of times going on. Then Bloody on hell. the carousel um, is a piece of arrow, and the arrow represents the honeycomb. Originally, it was actual honeycomb on there, but we wanted to kind of create something that was less sweet, but actually represented the honeycomb. So the bubbles mm. in the arrow are like the honeycomb. We put a beautiful like mandarin gel on the top of it, and then little shards of actual honeycomb. Choc ice, yeah. So, having a choc ice as a kid, but it's actually a peanut butter parfait oh. filled with praline, mm. sprayed, and then it's kind of sprayed with like um tempered chocolate. And then we spray it gold, it's got that Willy Wonka feel, yeah. And then we make a wrapper for it, so it's got <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so, they tear it at the table, yeah. They tear it at the that's table, so and then cool. and then on the actual carousel, they were all handmade, handmade by the most amazing craftsmen like that we use in Cornwall, a guy called Chris Johnson and his team. Jesse Bayliss, which is uh, from your neck of the woods, yeah. she does all of our illustration for us. And then you remember the fairgrounds would always have like the name, like, you know, Foster and Son. So we put Ainsworth and Son, established oh, 1947. 1947 was when my dad was born. Fortunately, I lost my dad like four years ago. So it's like a celebration, you know, of him and where it started and him taking me to the fair. And then the last dessert is like, for me, the ultimate donut. Um, and this was actually uh, a recipe I got from James Martin. Um, you know, he, he cooked this donut once, and it blew my mind. It, rather than frying it, it's baked. Yeah. And it's in a recipe oh, wow. that he picked up in America. And basically, they call it monkey bread. So they make like a, a donut dough, prove it, knock it back, prove it, let it rise. But you actually roll it in like mangalits of pig fat. Uh-huh. So it's like that lardy kind of cake, yeah, you know, yeah. like that. Yeah. Then we, then you roll it through like butter, like walnuts or pecans, demerara sugar, build it up in a bunt tin, let it prove again and bake it. It's off. Oh the man, that hook. just sounds no, the way no, you no. describe it as well. It's <laughs> just we it's too that, much for me. And so we serve that with a, we serve that with a raspberry curd. So you're you're just coming to the end of your souffle, and we we timed we tried all these different times. Three minutes was 
always the magic number. Mm. No matter whether you were a fast eater, slow eater, it just worked. Three minutes is the number. So timer goes off, carousel goes, then that lands on the table. So you're just coming to the end of your souffle, carousel lands, the arrow, the choc ice. Another three minutes, timer goes off again, then the monkey bread arrives, and it's just this dessert. That, that is beautiful. It's this gift that just keeps giving, and then it has yeah. a beautiful its own menu. So yeah, that's kind of nice. like, that's kind of how many chefs brand. you got on pastry? Uh, two. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not many. Shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Two. Oh man, six, but, six fairground. Yeah. I'd almost judge anyone for not ordering the fairground. Yeah. Next time I go, I'm having it. So yeah. we sell. We 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 we're now like you know, and master chef and all the bits. All the bits along the way, even the, you know the little bits of in the old days when I used to say to Emma, you know, I'd be like go traveling and all the bits of telly and stuff. It's all helped to build this kind of like profile, and yeah. it's now to a point where like you know, touch wood and never take it for granted that you know, you know, it's three month waiting list. We're open five days a week. We're a busy restaurant, you know. We're an we, you know, we do fifty for lunch, fifty for dinner. Um, wow. and so we do 100 covers a day and like so like last week when we sat on Tuesday and we do sales reports and that I did 102 fairgrounds last week blimey you know? no so you're thinking blimey. you know you're thinking like like that and that's for two so yeah. like that so that's a lot of kind of you know a lot of, a, a lot of plates and stuff so because once one goes into the dining room that's it the frenzy starts yeah <laughs> I know like, people pointing at there it there it is <laughs> no, it's, honestly it's, it's, it's not an exaggeration to say it's one of the most famous desserts in this country it really is I, I actually did get to have it yours I came a few years ago and I had it yeah. and you're right when it comes out to the table it turns everyone's heads and yeah. they're all looking around it yeah. and it's just a really beautiful thing yeah thank you Oh, right, back down to earth with some TripAdvisor reviews. Brilliant. Your favourite segment, this, yeah, isn't I love it? This. Okay, yeah. uh, this is how it works. If you've never listened before, it's dead simple. I'm going to give both of our chefs a TripAdvisor review of either their restaurant or someone else's. They just have to guess whether it is someone else's or their restaurant. Do you want to go first or second this week? I don't mind. I don't mind. Yeah, just go. All right, I'll go first. Yeah. You sure? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, so I'll read you. Yeah, a review. You have to decide whether it's Paul Ainsworth's. Yeah. So number six, or another restaurant. Okay. 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 <laughs> <laughs> One star. Oh, not Ooh. good. Not a good start. This restaurant is a disgrace. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> is this Paul's or someone else's? We have never walked out of a restaurant before or given any establishment a one-star rating, but this time we felt we had no choice. The service and the staff were just appalling. We booked this restaurant with months to go for our 40th wedding anniversary. And we're looking forward to an evening, particularly having driven a long way to get there. Our table was booked at nine, but we arrived promptly and were told that our table would be, very, would be ready very soon. We were offered pre-dinner drinks, but no one came to do our order. After 10 minutes, we were given the menu and our food order was subsequently then taken. Still no drinks. We were then shown to our table another 10 minutes later. Our starter was basically seafood and salad, hardly the most complicated of dishes, and ones we suspect would have been largely pre-made. After a catalogue of problems, we asked to see the head chef, who we had seen in the building. To our utter amazement, we were told he was eating with friends and could not be disturbed. (laughs) We appreciate that things can go wrong... And this may have been a bad night. I'm sorry, but your name is over every aspect of your restaurant, so your reputation should remain intact. 
There are dozens of good restaurants in this area, but sadly it would seem yours isn't one of them. God, that's a long one, that is. Was that? I'm going to read between the lines. I reckon they had an argument on the drive over. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Was that number six or somewhere else? That's not number six. Definitely not. No chance. No chance. I couldn't imagine Paul sat in the restaurant eating with someone. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, Like, if it is, I've missed that one. (laughs) (laughs) I uh, yeah, so I read all my reviews. Um, and <laughs> You're just like our friend Paul, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I read all my reviews, and I would, um, if that's me, I'd miss that one. <laughs> um, I can tell you, it's not Paul Ainsworth. Yeah, um, yeah. where is it? <laughs> it's Rick Steins just down the road. So <laughs> honestly, it was Rick Steins just down the road. Okay, let's do one for you then. You have to guess whether this is Salt or somewhere else. Okay, yeah. okay. okay. No looking, because I'll know. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Two stars, riled. It's the subject title. <laughs> riled. Nothing, nothing is designed to rile me more than a chef who cooks for himself and not his customers. Homemade bread was excellent. Superb starter, but then the beef, rare to blue, still mooing. Had... <laughs> Had a gift voucher worth 50 quid, which is why we came. But the bill was a further 130. Undoubted, he's talented. But his attitude sucks. I'm not coming back. Was that salt or somewhere else? Do I mean? don't think that's salt. No. Paul? That's us, yeah. It is salt. Is it? It is Yeah, that was salt. very recent, that. Yeah, I remember <laughs> Was that. it? Yeah. Yeah. Scathing you know review. Do you know what? Well, one after, like, you know, tonight, but obviously, because... The way the way it just sounded like that they like had a starter and then had beef. Yeah, yeah. it didn't point. sound like tasting menu. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, no, they had the five course. Now I remember they were on the table next to you where you were, yeah. and I just I kept saying to the restaurant, "Is, is he all right?" Because he looked really grumpy. <laughs> Did he look riled? Like, Would you say he looked riled? He was more than riled. <laughs> yes, he was more than yeah, riled. Right. Yeah, that I think it is him. I though, like yeah. that one. Uh, riled. <laughs> <laughs> I had to Google it. I didn't yeah, know what yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, like you spot it straight away. You got an open kitchen, you know. I was like, they, they don't look happy. So I went over to him. He said he was okay, and then he said that his beef was too rare. And if people want to cook more, I'll do it. I don't. I don't care. They're paying for it. Mm. Uh, he never wanted to cook more, but then he said I refused. I've literally never refused to cook. Wow. Like, why would you? Refuse, yeah. Like it's, it, it makes no difference. I'm not eating it. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It oh, makes no. no difference. I've never, ever refused to cook it anymore. Yeah, but he was a right grumpy old sod. He was. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's yeah. not coming back. But you don't care, right? No. Did you comment know. back? Is what I care about. No, I've hardly been looking at all lately. To be honest, yeah. We yeah. finally. This has been honestly, Paul. This has been a long. <laughs> Paul, a lot of therapy from these yeah, guys to get him to stop writing. He <laughs> kept, Paul kept commenting back to everyone, being like, I don't think you even came here and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> like, oh, mate, just don't bite. Don't bite. It's yeah. the best policy. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay, right. Uh, let's move on to boiling point, shall we? This is one of my favorite. Oh, actually, before we do this, should we d- double check where salt is in the rankings? Why not? Go on. Where do you reckon salt is in Stratford? We do this every week. Where do you think salt is? On TripAdvisor. In Stratford-upon-Avon, yeah, in TripAdvisor. 160 restaurants in Stratford. First Michelin-star restaurant Stratford's ever had. Yeah. But it's not number one in Stratford. Where is it on TripAdvisor? Where do you reckon? Uh, It's 170 restaurants, I think. Yeah, 160, I think. Including cafes and stuff. Yeah. 
Knowing, well, yeah, because you, you, it's it's TripAdvisor, isn't it? That's that's the that's oh, the, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah, whole yeah. point to it. It just yeah. doesn't really make sense. Um, so, Not the first chef to say 16th. that. Sixteenth, nearly twenty first. Okay, twenty first. You yeah. take that. Well, yeah, I think we've actually yeah, gone up. Yeah, you've yeah. gone up. Yeah. It's because you've stopped commenting back. Yeah. Now we've had because my guys asked me earlier, and I had a lot, I hadn't looked for about a week. We've had one in the past three weeks. We hardly get any anymore. Which well, is in, great. Well, I'd rather Madstow, that. For a long time, number one was rest in the wild tea garden. Like I'm sure it's lovely out there, but it, it is what it is. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's green tea yeah, yeah. on yeah. a fucking cliff top. You've got a series of lads busting their ass in the kitchen, making a fairground in here, mate. We're making a fairground. I'm wrapping chocolate. They're just whacking a scone in half and kind of you know you know serving it the Cornish way, and it's like which is fantastic. But then. That's TripAdvisor. That is, yeah. exactly. Do, 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 do you know what I mean? That's TripAdvisor. Take advisor. it with a pinch exactly. of salt. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, right, let's move on to Boiling Point. This is my favourite part where I get to sit and just hear a couple of stories from the real heat of the kitchen. Um, Paul, I've got to say, like, I've seen you on various TV shows and interviews and stuff, and through meeting you, I, you come across so well on TV and yeah, all those sorts of things. I can't imagine you losing your shit in the kitchen. I can't see him getting riled. No, I can't see no. you getting riled. Of course I do. Do you? Uh, I think like what what is what's happened is is that of course you know look look at the kitchens that I was brought up in and you know, oh you know, yeah that's come up a lot on this Marcus show, Waring yeah. you know like every even even though Gary Rhodes wasn't there a lot the the men that he employed were ass kickers really uh, you know my dad kicked my ass every every kitchen I've ever worked in it's always just had a really disciplinarian at the top yeah. the, the, way, the way I've gone with it is that like you've you've it's kind of the way I brought up you've got to be firm but fair and you've got to get the best out of these lads and me and Paul are now in, a, in an era where there is so much choice for these guys Mm-hmm. There is so much choice for these boys and girls. In terms of like opportunity. Opportunities, yeah. yeah. And so different industries. So and, yeah. 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 and even before social media, when I moved down to Padstow, I instantly knew that like, right, okay, it's a bit different down here. It's not London. You know, in London, we had boys walk out, especially when, when you know, before I left Gordon, Gordon was really kind of like, like this on such a, you know, an upward kind Trajectory, of... Trajectory, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was phenomenal. And we got to the point where we had Gordon Ramsay Holdings and we would just pick up the phone and we'd be like, look, I've just had a walkout. There'd be a whole recruitment team behind that, replacing that person. Wow. It's not like that God. when you set up on your own. No, and Padstow. You, you just yeah, haven't yeah. got that and Padstow and stuff. Yeah. Um, so, like, yeah, I'm not going to sit here for one minute and say that, you know, when I opened number six, of course I was. I was, I was you know, I was... Still, am very hard to work for because I have a I have a standard that I want people to adhere to, and it's my it's my business that that me and my wife are putting everything into, and we want it like this. And if you wanna if you want to do it your way, then you've got to go and do your own business. Yeah. But that's not to say that we don't listen to everyone's opinion. Of course, I do. I'm not a megalomaniac. I want the whole thing of why it works is because exactly that. I embrace everybody as an opinion. Everybody. I want them to bring their creativity. Yeah. But I would be, I would be an absolute liar if I sat here, you know, that when I opened, num- you know, number six down there. And so my first story for this Go would on, be, um, I, it, 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 very briefly, number six was born out of meeting a guy. I opened a restaurant in Chislehurst for a family in Kent. And it was clearly not the right thing to do. The family weren't interested in like running a restaurant. It was just, just wasn't their you know their thing it was just a place for them to hang out with their friends um but 
the great thing about it was one of the guys that I took with me on the journey with the team was like, look, before we all part company, like, you know, I'd love you to meet my dad. His dad was an incredible, brilliant entrepreneur. Yeah. Had set up loads of pubs, loads of businesses, was just, you know, amazing. And he was like, have you ever been to Padstow? I was like, yeah, last year, actually, I went to eat at Rick Stein's, you know, literally just that. And he was like, well, look, I've had businesses down in Padstow in the past. I'm looking at buying a restaurant for my son, Chris. He absolutely, you know, adores working with you and you guys and that. Chris had not been in cooking for long. And he had, um, like, had a career in telecommunications. He's not been a chef for long. He's like, you teach my son to cook. I'll buy the business. I'll get it out. Whatever we make, we split five ways. Wow. It's five of us. Bloody hell. We didn't make nothing. We made a loss every, you know, like every year and stuff. But in the very, very first week of setting it up, like, he's like, so Derek's just this incredible business brain. So he's introducing me now to my first time of like Excel, like, you know, like wage percentages, Sage, like all of these kind of things. So he's upstairs doing his bit, yeah, yeah. setting it all up. I'm downstairs and it's just three of us. There's me, his son, another guy called Dave and a girl out front called Molly. And um, we've got like a couple of waiting staff and this is just when sort of like the, the whole EU and kind of like lots of Polish people kind of coming in and stuff like that. And um, so we had, we had about three or four out front and um, not many of us in the kitchen and well, three of us in the kitchen, the kitchen porter. And I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I see this as my opportunity. This is my chance to kind of show Gordon, because like I had a bit of, you know, like I, it didn't, not, it wasn't that it didn't end well with like Gordon. Gordon was just, I'd done six years, and with Gordon, it was at that time when Gordon was like, look, you're dead to me now. You, wow, you, you brutal. You, you're kind of, you're not, you're not going to work in here because back then, you know, he was the king, you mm-hmm. know, like, and it, and it's not like London now. London is your hot. But you're not you're not hot for a long time. Yeah, Gordon yeah. was hot for a long time, <laughs> sure. and he dominated the scene. Yeah, and when you worked within that group, you actually felt probably you know it was a bit like the Man City effect. You were you were the elite. You were the you mm. were the best, and he made you feel the best, and he made you feel that like there is no other restaurant worth going to work at. You work here. Yeah, this is the place. Incredible. So leaving that was very very difficult and very hard. Yeah, but something inside me wanted I wanted to do my own thing so anyway <laughs> we've had a really really shit like lunch service it's one of our first it's, it's gone really really bad and I'm like I am going mental <laughs> <laughs> and we had this old courtyard it was really rubbish and it had like a breeze block wall yeah. and like this is all like I didn't mean it to look like this but I've lined every single member of staff up against this wall oh, looking like they were about to be shot like, <laughs> like this. Oh, and, I've, and typical it was like my first week at Royal Hospital Road the same thing happened my first week at Royal Hospital Road um, I am being ridiculed by him like that you, do you know what I don't blame you it's that spiky head <laughs> fucking C-U-N-T that you work Gary Rhodes wow. like hey young man Jaffa cakes and reinvent- reinventing the fucking fish cake. That's not part of my like repertoire. This is I'm going, you know, like this blow, like, like absolutely killing me. You know, television chef, fucking spiky hair. Like this. Like, <laughs> just imagine that as well, and obviously yeah. look at Gordon now. Right? Like, right? So I kind of have taken on a similar thing. I've kind of gone, like, and I am literally like, so this night Gordon's bollocking this. I'm, I've been there a week, so I'm last. So he's gone through all of his lieutenants, 
like Mark Askew, Mark Sargent, the amazing names that you hear oh about now. Word. All of them are going through like that, and like, it gets to me last, and I'm just there like that. Like, kind of, <laughs> yeah. so like, it's like three o'clock in the morning. I'm like, this is mental, <laughs> and he's like, bang, 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 all you know about you know, and he's not blaming me. He's blaming Gary Rose yeah, for yeah. the reason that we've had a shit service. <laughs> that is ridiculous. That is ridiculous. <laughs> right? So I'm kind of in the corner, and I like, so I start off with this, and you, you, you. And then I like, and I, I and I was like, and you, you can fuck off back to Poland, right? Like this, oh right? My word. Oh so no! So I've gone oh right no. through. Oh I've no. gone right through. Did you get instant I, regret like that? Oh, did I say not that? Not really. No, because <laughs> really? it was just because it was just kind of like this anger and this kind of like you, you, you know, like that was what I that was what I knew. Yeah, yeah. And sure. it was all about the cooking, and it was about nothing else, and it was about me and the food and what I wanted to do and. And I just had this real point to prove. I wanted to prove to Gordon, I don't need you. I can go out and do it on my own. Because wow. back then you didn't have a lot of the stable breaking out. You know, they were all still worked for him. You know, yeah. Marcus Waring, Jason Averton, they were all still in there. And I just wanted to prove a point and at no cost, you know, like I just wanted to kind of prove that I can leave the Gordon Ramsay stable and go and do my own thing. And this is where it all changed for me. I then went upstairs Derek listened Derek who yeah. is the, yeah, yeah. who is, the, is Chris's son yeah. and he didn't even go like mad or anything because he wasn't like that you know he, we'd set up a business and he said um, so that like that just that in the courtyard there he says is that is that normal I was like eh, fucking arseholes like, you know, like this <laughs> yeah, year we were just had a shit yeah. lunch and did it like that and he's like and he just sort of sat me down and he was like I'm telling you now like that behaviour will not get the best from like from those individuals wow you can still be the best you want to be but you don't have to do it in that manner yeah now that wasn't that chat didn't make me change instantly no you thought then. what do you know you, yeah. Yeah, yeah but I, no I probably I, did, I actually didn't think that because one thing I, I believe that is a strong point for me is, is that I love to surround myself with people that are better than me and that have done you know, it's, like, it's like a game of chess you will. How do you get better? You get better by playing someone that's better than you. Yeah. So yeah. you're Great never going to get better. Mm, you're never going to get better by playing the same the same individual that yeah. you know you can beat. Yeah. You've got to. You've got to. You've got to play people that are better. And he was better. And he knew, like he had been there. And he gave me this thing. He did a big, you know, because obviously, you know, he's this, you know, incredible entrepreneur. He did this thing with like, you know, the Royal Bank of Scotland. And it was like sat on the sofa and it was with, you know, um, the newsreader, um, Kropinski. Natasha Kropinski, yeah. And I listened to it and it was like amazing. And he was talking about business and individuals and people. And without going into all the things I've learned from, you know, you know, from like, you know, a man like that. that yeah. It all boils down. Actually, do you know what business is about? Business is about people. Mm-hmm. Now you can be a you can be the most awesome financial machine in the world that's cutthroat and you know is stocks and shares and you're worth billions and you get you like that because you're cutthroat. But yeah. our business isn't like that. Running restaurants isn't going to make you a billionaire. So what it is about is about trying to create a sustainable living for you and your family. But actually then building a family of your own within your restaurants, within your hotels or whatever, and and actually kind of taking them on the journey with you. And that's what I learned. And that's why what people see now is that, yes, I did change. And I yeah. quickly realised the schooling that I'd been in. Now, I'm not criticising it because no, sure. I was strong enough to take it and it's made me the chef I am today. Mm-hmm. And like I love Gordon for that. I love Marcus for that. 
Gary Rhodes, all the all those great chefs, they've been absolutely phenomenal. But they too have changed. Yeah. They too are. They've evolved. Yeah, they yeah. Yeah. But if I sit here and say, yeah, that guy you see on MasterChef, yeah, I've always been like that. No, I haven't. I, I, I was a very angry, volatile, screamy, shouty chef, like what chefs are. Difference for me is I made a decision. Mm-hmm. Do I want to carry on being that guy who's going to give himself a heart attack and, and actually, what for? Yeah, absolutely. But most importantly, now, one of the biggest things... I now have like, you know, I now have like a little girl of my own and that really brings it home yeah, as well. Yeah, puts stuff these, into perspective. Put stuff into perspective yeah. and that. And I don't, I don't want to be that person. Don't get me wrong. We, number six, taking, you know, like, not the other places, number six, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a strict, hardcore environment and if something is wrong, you have it's not like the office. You can't just disappear into the photocopying room <laughs> and say, right, let's discuss why, you why face that it. was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, You've got to cook that, it. You've got to do it. Yeah. And as hard as Royal Hospital Road was, that's one thing Gordon did drum into you. And, and, and like, as I kind of settled in there, one day, amazing, you know, he took me downstairs and he was like, do you know why I've dragged you off service? He said, this restaurant's called Restaurant Gordon Ramsay. And we have a very short window to impress people. And if people walk away from here, they're not going to think Paul Ainsworth's a twat. Mm. They're going to think Gordon Ramsay's a twat. Oh, blimey. Because, like, because it's my name above the door, Paul. Yeah. And that's why it's a very hardcore way of learning. So you're never, ever going to, you're never, ever going to remove that pressure point because it is, you've got a short window and you've got this huge expectation, you know, at the level we work at, that people are kind of sat there and they've ordered and they're expecting this incredible delicious plate of food or whatever to come in front of them Mm. and what behind the scenes things are going wrong you know whatever all the all the little moving parts that can go wrong you've then got to kind of really correct that as quick as possible but that doesn't mean now like you know throwing a pan yeah of course like completely humiliating him or stuff like that and that is that's just the honest truth about it that like you know which I happily you know, say here on this podcast is that yeah, I'm I I've I've just learned and I've just yeah. surrounded myself with great people, and you know, and read brilliant books and worked for brilliant people. And the changing point for me was was meeting was meeting a guy called Derek Mapp, who was mm. a, a completely incredible entrepreneur that made me realise that like if you want to be a success. You've got to take the people with you on the journey. Yeah, yeah. That's testament to you. What a story that John is. and Chris have been with you. Yeah. Um, it just shows how you've you know took on and changed and adapted the way you work. Because the dough guys wouldn't have been with you for that long, would they? Surely, if you'd no. have carried on in that vein. Of course, you yeah. Would. Of course, you went. John's been with me since day one, fourteen years. Yeah. The head chef for number six, Chris McClurg, ten years. Alex, eleven years. Mm. These are, I mean, in any industry, you'd be happy with that. Of yeah. course. Let alone yeah. our industry. That is insane, actually. Yeah. You know, and that's just because you know that, that that that's just because like, you know, like yeah, I've I've been their shoulder. I've been you know some of those individuals I'm talking about. I've gone through some really really deep personal shit. Mm. You know, and like I've and you see them in all those moments, see them don't all, yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Be there for them. And I always believe as well, you know, that it's only a minority that will let you down. Never, ever give up. You Mm -hmm. know, I've been screwed over. I've really given my all to everyone and they've proper, like, proper fucked me over and, you know, done the dirty on, you know, done the dirt on me and Emma. But I'll never, ever let that individual ruin it for the rest. I'll always look at everyone and think, do you know what? The world's still full of brilliant people and great people. That's a great outlet to have. Love that. 
Fantastic story. Have you got a quick boiling point that you can yeah, uh, yeah, start us off with? Yeah, it's similar, it's similar to like what Paul was just saying about some kind. When I was younger, I was 27, I was at Tottenham Mill. When people would fuck up, you, you did, you wanted to humiliate them, you wanted to do something, <laughs> do something just to get them back. And <laughs> I know it's not right now, you'll probably judge me for this. Oh God, here we but, go. No, I had, the, I had this lad who worked for me and... <laughs> when someone starts a conversation with, I know you're going to judge me <laughs> yeah. now, you know that they're going to say something free. 100%. <laughs> That's why I thought, let's do a podcast. There's literally this reason. Yeah, my wife judged me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah I had this lad working for me I had not been a head chef long I was 27 years old and just like just hungry just like fucking just wanted to cook that was it create the best food we could mm -hmm. nobody's feelings mattered to me so I had this lad start from college he was he was a fucking knobhead like basically he was a knobhead based like, on I'm not, no, that's not even going to based know. on that God, I trust you he, he was that's... so I mean you can cut that bit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to give his name but that's a fact right um, and I used to put him on um, like an afternoon shift get the guys on a split so we'd just be doing some prep and stuff and a bit of afternoon tea things like that I'd go home I'd leave my work laptop on sometimes and because I'm quite trusting I just didn't you know it was only figures and stuff like that in there and then I went on it later and he'd just he'd not done all his work that I'd set him and he'd like he'd just been on Facebook all day and like messing Ooh. about on work laptop yeah. so I had a word of him I was like look we don't do that you're paid to work you've got a list to do you're not set I said don't take the piss out of me and then I, I put a passcode on the on the computer <laughs> and then because okay, my PC my office one. was like kind of in the depth yeah it was terrible <laughs> yeah. <laughs> probably cracked it straight away <laughs> total technophobe <laughs> but if it either he cracked it or I'd just left it open I've gone home on in the afternoon and then I come back and it didn't get like I was like well, why is all your work not done why aren't you set with this we need this for service when I'm on my computer like look at the history it's like Facebook Facebook he left his Facebook locked in so oh, that was when don't tell me. Fraping was a big thing. Oh my God. So I just, <laughs> on his status, that was the best wank ever. Cheers, mum. <laughs> oh, pasta. His, his mum hated me forever. <laughs> of course she did. What are you doing? It gets worse. Oh, gets worse. mate. And then I, um, yeah, so I. Obviously, he moaned about it. And I said, well, look, I warned you. You're taking a piss out of me. I'm, on <laughs> I'm going to frame you. <laughs> so, sat in my office. You know, he'd left like a cup of tea there. And like, he was just fucking on the edge of the day. Like. And then anyway, a few weeks later, it happened again. I'd gone on the computer and like Facebook come up. His profile. I nearly said his name then. Ooh. His profile. I was like, you cheeky bastards. Like, me and such and such would like to announce that we're having a baby. We're so happy. Oh, um, my But the worst God. thing was, I carried on with it. So the status went out there. People are like liking it. Ping, 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 ping. <laughs> and, so, and I was like, oh, that's amazing. Yeah, we're so happy. It's during a few <laughs> You're months. commenting I'm, back to family yeah, members. Yeah, involved. And then oh, some cousins my. got involved. I can't believe we found out this way. You're out of order. Why didn't you tell us before you put it on Facebook? We're really sorry. We just want to tell everyone at the same time <laughs> signed out you yeah it wasn't happy mate that is outrageous I mean, kudos for telling the story but that is yeah. outrageous I don't regret it though but I wouldn't do it again wow you listen to the lesson that Paul Ainsworth learned from his story <laughs> yeah. and you were just like yeah so I've raped this guy and he's yeah. basically a massive dickhead <laughs> 
Well, they, this is like I nine years ago. Yeah, yeah, I don't regret it. <laughs> my, my wife judges me. I don't care. <laughs> there is a link here as well because this guy, me and Paul didn't know each other that well. This was about 2010. I'd not right. long started it. To, and I got a message from Paul like one of your guys has applied to work for me. Um, such and such a name. I was like, what? he'd only been with me a few months. Straight out of college. And like, it just like renting a house with his missus and stuff. And so I was like, have you applied to work with Paul Ainsworth? And he's like, yeah, yeah. So have you told your missus? He's like, no, no. I was like, do you know anything about it? He'd seen you on telly, got all excited. Yeah. I was like, all right. <laughs> well, you on telly, he's got and I, was like, I said, do you know, do you even know? <laughs> this, this kid was like Suffolk, never really left Suffolk at all. I said, do you know where Cornwall is? And he's like, yeah, it's not far away. So I roughly drew England out. <laughs> and I was like, so where is it? He couldn't point it out. I was oh, like, bless I said, him. You know, Paul and he's got a kid serious on the way. Chef, a serious restaurant. I know, kid on the way and his mum does things to him. Yeah. <laughs> um, I said, you can't just apply somewhere. You've got no idea where it is. And, you know, you're talking moving the other side of the country. And then I remember saying something to Paul, like, yeah, he's worked with me a few months. He had no idea and he'd never told me about it. And you were like, okay, well, let's just leave it then. Oh my he wouldn't yeah. liked our place anyway. <laughs> we didn't have a work laptop. <laughs> <laughs> oh man what a story yeah, it, was that pretty, is... it was pretty savage I don't regret it but I wouldn't do it again <laughs> that, is, that is beautiful um, yeah. oh, man we're running long here I think we'll leave the cooking hacks and myths till next time I reckon yeah. We've got, we'll, we could cover that another time um, oh, thanks so much again to Guzborns who've provided us with this beautiful wine we're genuinely so happy that they're on board it tasted incredible this yeah it's amazing tonight. stuff yeah. already yeah. Yes. flies down yeah yeah, love it. Um, if you want to follow them, you can you can do on Instagram. It's at Gusborn underscore wine, and you can order directly uh, at their website, which is gusborn.com. So pleased to have them on board. Paul, can't thank you enough pleasure. for coming down. Absolute pleasure. Um, it's been wonderful to meet you. Um, thanks for the nightcap. Should we have a quick cheers? Cheers. 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 Thank you for having me. Uh, thanks for thank coming. Thanks again for downloading The Nightcap, and if you love listening as much as we love doing it, spread the word and help others find it by leaving a rating and review on iTunes via your podcast app. And for the price of a cup of coffee a month, support the pod on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the nightcap. We're giving away signed menus from Paul's Michelin Star restaurant on there, as well as that, we're giving you an exclusive opportunity to come and have a meal at Salt before sitting in on a season three recording. That's patreon.com forward slash the nightcap. You can also listen again to all eight episodes of season one via your podcast app. And for more content and videos, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the nightcap underscore pod. Enjoy.